everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Potter Discussion. I am your host, Oscar, and here on the Potter Discussion, we discuss some of Harry Potter's deepest and darkest theories, tidbits, and little Easter eggs you might have missed, and you probably did. In today's episode, there's a pretty awesome theory, but there are also two very exciting announcements. First announcement we have is... They are now going to be transcripts that go along with each episode. So if that is something that you would find useful if you're in a pinch, or if you just can't listen to podcasts, there you go. You got a transcript. And the second, and if I do say so myself, more exciting announcement we have, is there is now an official The Potter Discussion newsletter. That is right. You can click the very top link in the show notes and you can go sign up right for free. Just to put in your email and your first name, and there you go. On that email list, you will be receiving monthly newsletters highlighting some of the best parts of the best theories of that month, as well as some behind-the-scenes of the making of each episode. And they are pretty awesome. I'm outlining the first couple of newsletters, and... They are pretty cool. So, if you want to be part of that, you can click the very top link in the show notes again. And there you go. You're signed up for free. It's going to be awesome. But we have a theory. And we got to get to it. So, let's go. The theory for today is about Queenie Goldstein and Severus Snape. Let's get on with it. Snape and Queenie are the exact opposite. You have Severus Snape, who yells at kids for pleasure and is very angry basically all the time, as well as, well, slightly evil. Snape also uses his legitimacy powers to read people's minds. Yeah, just for fun. Queenie, on the other hand, is very nice. She invites Jacob and Newt right into her home without a second thought. She's a good cook and seems to have nothing in common with Snape. He reads minds for crying out loud. But wait, hold on, that can't be right. My non-existent producer says there is actually something in common. Huh? Reading minds what? Same family who? Well, the big personality trait of both these people seem to be the same. Queenie is a Legilimens, and Snape is an Occlumens as well as a Legilimens. We see Snape performing both of these skills over the course of the movies. By now, there are a ton of different long words being thrown around, so I'll clear the air. Legilimency Legilimency is the ability to read one's thoughts and feelings at a passing glance. It is the art of navigating the mind of yourself and others. Occlumency is the opposite. Occlumency is the art of defending against legilimency. It is what we see Snape teaching Harry in the fifth book. Anyway, let's get back to the theory at hand. There are two points of this episode. First is, Snape is a legilimens, and he got it from Queenie. The second point is, Queenie and Snape are related. 
I had some original thoughts about these two questions before I even got started. The first thought that popped into my head was, a queen is the grandmother of a prince. So if Snape is a half-blood prince, is Queenie, or the queen, Snape's grandmother? That was just a random fleeting thought, but just for my own purposes, I did some digging. And what I found was very interesting. But my other thought was, is legitimacy a skill or a gene? And that, my friends, is our first clue. That is because legitimacy is only acquired by family. It can be learned, but not nearly as well. Do you see where I'm going with this? Snape is Queenie's grandson. That is where Snape got his talent. Our first measure of truth is the age and time of these characters. The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movies take place in the nineteen in the beautiful year of 1926, which makes Queenie 23 as she was born in 1903. Snape is in his 30s, believe it or not, and in the events of Harry Potter books, he stays that way. So, the time does match up. And oddly enough, there is a plethora of similarities between Queenie and Snape if we carefully examine their lives. Sacrifice a lot for love? On the dark side, at one time or another? If we break down both Snape and Queenie's lives, they have a very similar pattern. They have their respectfully weird childhoods. They could not really be around other people because they could remind, and that got them into trouble. They were made fun of because of their strange actions closing, or maybe even thoughts. Sometimes all three. And in the end, they sacrificed life for love. Snape was wrecked by Lily's death. In the end, Snape's fate was death, and Queenie's was no different. Well, there you have it. That was the theory, and personally, I think that this theory really seems to work, because I found it so strange looking at Snape and Queenie's lives. They are, like, shockingly similar, of course. I I still, like, my brain is trying to, like, mull over the fact that Snape is in his 30s. Alan Rickman was in his 60s while he played Snape. I think that's why it turned out so, like, why it looked like Alan Rickman playing Snape. So, it didn't seem like he was in the 30s. I'm sorry, Alan Rickman, but, yeah, I don't know. But, um, when you really take in this theory, it does make a lot of sense. Because Snape and Queenie were somehow around the same age, and they did this sound like very similar things. They couldn't be around other people. Their families weren't exactly in the top class, and, I mean, they aren't normal. They aren't weird. They're just unique, and that's, I think, why people perceive Snape as the villain, because he's just different, and that's why Queenie can't really fit in. That's why she isn't allowed to go out of her house, because people 
like, see her, and I don't know whatever they think, but Queenie knows what they think, and that's what gets her into trouble, because she can do whatever with their thoughts, and that's something I wouldn't trust anyone with my thoughts, I'm sorry, but that's just too much leverage, so even though Queenie has no malicious intent, it's still pretty much, you know, she could do a lot of damage without even trying. And another interesting point is that they were both on the, I guess you could call it, dark side um, at one time or another. Because we see, um, I don't know if anyone has, has seen the uh, most recent Crimes of Grindelwald movie, but at the end, Queenie, I mean, sorry, spoilers, if you don't want to hear spoilers, but skip ahead 30 seconds, but I'm going to say it right now, so... In the end, Queenie does go with Grindelwald. She steps through the blue fire, and then they escape together into Grindelwald. I don't know. Maybe he lives in Grindelwald. That's actually a Switzerland town, so I don't know that, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> but maybe, so, yeah, Queenie escapes with Grindelwald, and we, we do see Snape going over to the dark side. And it may not be the same kind of intent, because... Snape knew that Voldemort was literally evil, and he was doing everything in his power to kill as many people as possible just a claw's way to the top. But Snape still went on to the dark side to protect his loved one, Lily. And even though he did have to stay on the dark side when Lily died, he did owe Dumbledore something, so I think that's why he stayed, and that just shows... That Snape is loyal. He ch he chooses people that he can trust, and he is loyal to them. In the beginning, his motive was protecting Lily Evans, but it ended with his trust for Dumbledore, because Lily died, and Snape could have just said, I'm out, sorry, and got out of there and just went on the dark side permanently. But he didn't. He stayed with Dumbledore because he was loyal to Dumbledore. And if we look at Queenie's life, of course, the loyalty part of it, she doesn't like choose people to trust, but it does kind of she she's motivated by the good of everyone. So we see everyone at that big Coliseum area against spoilers. And Grindelwald uses his skull, uh, you know, if you haven't seen the last episode, that's what that was about. But uh, you, we see Voldemort, uh, not Voldemort, Grindelwald using his skull to show the visions of the future and how like weird the Muggles are and how they're starting another war. And we see Jacob really scared that another war is coming because he fought in the first one. And Queenie doesn't want that to happen. So she goes over to the dark side, I'm going to say it again, to the dark side, because she doesn't want to hurt Jacob, but she didn't really know that Jacob would be more hurt by her going over to the dark side, so it didn't really work out for Queenie in the end, but I'm hoping in this next installation of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series, we will have that all cleared up, and it won't be a problem, so I'm looking forward to that. One a final topic I would like to talk about before we close up shop is about their love. Queenie and Snape both had two people that they really loved. Well, one person each, two people in total, I mean. And 
let's start with Snape. So, one thing that made uh, his friendship with Lily so permanent was how deeply they connected at such a young age. We see when Harry went into the pensive that they were, like, best buds. Of course, it took a while for them to really acclimate and become uh, tuned to each other, but we see Snape, I don't know, stalking uh, Lily and Petunia, but then they really start to get acquainted, and wow, actually, I'm just thinking maybe Snape might have been actually reading Lily's mind. I don't uh, throw shade at Snape, but I mean... It's not completely out of the ballpark, but anyways, we see how deeply Snape and Lily connect because they're in very similar situations and they have similar needs that the other person can fulfill. So Snape needs companionship and he's a friend because he is really lonely and Lily just needs someone to tell her what is going on and what can she do, and Snape is the perfect person for that. And Lily is the perfect person for Snape because she's a great friend, and that's why she makes friends with everyone and why everyone wants to be friends with her, so that's why it kind of worked so well. And with Queenie, we don't see her past life or anything like that, but there is, we can clearly see that her and Jacob are, like, besties. A little more than besties, actually. So, like, Queenie's just so excited to have Jacob around. And Jacob, he is stunned by Queenie, as well as the magic. I think that's why they... Jacob was, like, stunned into just liking Queenie automatically, because she waved her wand and made, like, food appear. (laughs) And pastries appear. And Jacob loves pastries, his, the hilarious picture of his grandmother, so they, it's the same situation where they had to find someone who would be the perfect fit for them, and I think they just did, they did just that, Queenie just needed someone to, like, tell her, like, you're great, you're awesome, and Jacob, like, no shortage of compliments, And Jacob just wanted something extra in life. He worked at the can factory, and he says himself that you go to die at the canning factory. So that's why he just needed something extra. And, I mean, sure, maybe magic. (laughs) Magic is absolutely extra, and is 100% filling that empty void in him. There you have it. That is the beautiful theory for today. Once again, if you would like to join the email list, uh, if you've li- if you've been listening for this long, I suppose you're a pretty true fan. So if you want to sign up, uh, that'll be the first link in the show notes down below. Anyways, uh, yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or theories that you would like to hear on the podcast, you can definitely send me an email. My email is at the Potter Discussion. That is at the Potter Discussion. It's so easy to leave a review, and it would help me out so much. So if you just scroll down and click that five stars, and boom, there you go. Just so easy. If you just do it, it'll help me out much more than it takes you in the point three seconds or whatever, how long. And yeah, that would help me out so much. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to never miss out on any content that's coming your way. We've got some great stuff. Bonus content, email list, and theory is coming onto this main podcast, so I am so excited. I hope you are excited. And anyway, I am signing off for now. 
As always, use this information to your advantage, and I'll see you later.